Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Deep Deep, the Mining Podcast. And we have a returning guest who appeared back in November 2022. So that's nearly, that's probably six or seven months ago, or eight months ago, uh, which was episode 294. Uh, Jason Brewer, CEO of Malara Mining, who are an African-focused mining investment company, exploring and discovering battery metals in East Central, Central and Southern Africa. Uh, Jason has over 20 years, 25 years experience in international mining, financial markets and investment banking um, and has been responsible for structuring and arranging corporate and project financing facilities for the mining and exploration companies uh, with a particular focus on projects in Africa. Um, He's going to give us an update on the company since obviously we, we last spoke and there's been a lot of things happening as we've been discussing uh, just off air uh, before we started recording. So a lot to talk about. Um, so I want to welcome Jason to the podcast. How are you doing, Jason? Um, I'm, I'm good, Rob. I'm really good, actually. Um, excuse the casual attire today. It's it's a public holiday here in Kenya. Um, Madaraka Day, which is the Independence Day here in Kenya when they had self-rule. So 60 years since that's, that happened. So it's a big celebration day here in Kenya. So no suit and tie on today, I'm afraid. Yeah, and I'm... Uh, <laughs> And I think our audience won't, won't mind uh, won't mind what you're wearing as long as we've got some clothing on. So <laughs> uh, that's that's all fine. Um, so I wanted, obviously those that are listening, appreciate if you can go back and listen to uh, the first episode that we did, uh, which was episode 294. Um, and then you can see what how far Jason and Malara Mining has gone from then to now. So I um, appreciate to go back to that episode and listen to that. But for those that are listening uh, to you for the first time, I just wanted to give us a quick snapshot of yourself and uh, obviously of the company. Yeah, look, as you gave a great introduction there of me. So so thanks for that, Rob. Um, I'm a, a money engineer, mining lawyer, investment banker, um, but I've been on the, I guess, this corporate side of, of mining here in Africa for the past 25 years. My home is Kenya, so I'm, I live here in Nairobi, which I think is a massive asset, a massive positive for, for myself and for the companies that I work with. Yeah, I'm here on the ground. I'm not sitting in some fancy air-conditioned office in, in London or Sydney or Canada or wherever you want to be. I'm here on the ground, and I'm very active. I get out there, I look at projects, I see them, and I secure them for the companies and for investors and for shareholders because I can I think I can see value in them. Um, Marula Mining, as you mentioned, uh, an Aquis listed company, which is moving its primary listing to the AIM market. Um, battery metals focus. Uh, it was a shell of a company a year ago. Um, had no assets, negative uh, net equity position. You know, it was really a shell, and 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 honestly, to be truthful to everybody, it was a dog of a shell. Um, we've turned that around quite considerably over the past twelve months, and even Rob, since we first spoke in November, 
you know, in November, the company was worth barely a million pounds. We were worth anywhere from 12 and a half to 15 million now. So quite a significant tick up. I mean, the share price has gone up several times since uh, since we spoke, Rob. And I'd like to attribute a bit of that to the podcast we did back then. So, um, so yeah, but no, Marula's got four key projects. Um, a fifth one, which is a bit earlier stage, but the key project is is a lithium asset in 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 South Africa where we're actually processing um, material now, um, and have been doing wonders over the past uh, several months. We have a copper project up in Tanzania where small scale mining and and processing operations in a much larger way is going to happen in in the next quarter, August September, and then we have two graphite projects up there in Tanzania as well where we're very hopeful of what the the very high-grade, large flake size uh, graphite is there. And we have a rare earths project in, in Zambia as well, uh, a little bit earlier stage, and it's got a lot of niobium and tantalum potential there. But the key focus for us, as you can see, battery metals and delivering projects, getting them into production very quickly. I think, Rob, when we spoke in November, we'd barely started at, at Blesberg, uh, which is our lithium mine in, in, uh, in South Africa. You know, we can talk about that in, in a second, but there's a lot of activity going on on there uh, in terms of the equipment, the processing of stockpiles, uh, the sorting of the very high-grade spodumene ore from there as well. So a company that's got a bit of a mantra of moving things forward very quickly, getting things done, and working with good, credible counterparties, um, one of which are one of our major shareholders to be, Q Global Commodities, one of South Africa's largest mining uh, logistics investment uh, companies. They operate 12 uh, coal mines in South Africa at the moment, and they are a very positive uh, influence on us in how we work and a very good partner in terms of how we're developing our projects as well. So, sorry, that's a bit of a, a long kind of intro of the company and myself, but I think it's important for people, both new and, and old shareholders, to kind of, get that perspective on what we're doing yeah certainly and before we go on and speak about the projects you obviously mentioned since we last did a podcast you have a shell of a company to where you are today what would yeah. you say the, the main catalysts are behind your transition from then to now because obviously it's been a, a quite a, a, a big journey that you've been on you you've probably been working seven days a week flat out what what other attributes and how how comes you being that successful from from that early stage to now? Rob, I think part of the reason we've been able to grow this company and get the value into it over the past several months has come from the fact that from the very outset, myself and the management team, the board that we put in together for the shell, we had a very clear strategy, um, both in terms of the commodities that we were focusing on, battery metals, obviously, where everybody can see the value the demand uh, and, and can see the growth in the, the those commodity prices, but also in the type of projects, projects where we were actually going to deliver them into production in a relatively short period of time um, and in good mining jurisdictions as well, ones with which were close to infrastructure, close to the markets and so on. So, you know, I, I look at companies which are involved in earlier stage greenfield projects and where they keep coming back and hitting shareholders up time and time again to fund their exploration and their study work. And that tends to go on for anywhere three to five to seven years. You know, no, our strategy was very much getting projects which we could deliver on and get producing, you know, in several months, in 12 months, 
and where almost within 12 months we could make that development decision and actually get things happening. And one of the things we've been very able and capable of doing is delivering pretty much on whatever we've said we're going to do. Um, the Blesberg lithium tantalum mine in, in South Africa is a perfect example of that. You know, we're actually, we're producing there. We're processing those stockpiles. We've, we've done offtake agreements. We've secured, you know, brand new equipment, mining equipment for there. Um, so I think when shareholders look at us, they see that we're actually going to deliver. And in a very short period of time, we're going to be generating cash flow, which is going to self-fund our activities. So they know that not going to be diluted down considerably through you know those placements to call it institutional or retail holders in the UK. They know that we're going to be taking our money, which we're making out of the lithium, out of the tantalum, out of the copper, and putting that in there to fund the graphite, to fund cobalt, to fund tin. You know these projects that will start to really grow grow this business. So yeah, I think we've been very good at yeah working with our shareholder base, our stakeholders, and getting them to, to see that we can we can deliver for them. So, And it's reflecting in the share price, which is fantastic to see. Talking about, obviously, the projects, obviously a lot, have been, a lot has been happening since we last uh, spoke. So I wonder if you can just give us a quick update on the uh, progress of Blesberg, uh, Lithium, and Tantalum Mine. Um, and what is the current stage of uh, the operation uh, wait, what? Sorry, what stage are you at with the operation? Um, and obviously, how how's it has it been running? Yeah, no. Um, look, it's it's a former mine that was mined for tantalum, and it used to be South Africa's largest tantalite operation there. Um, but they never out of that pegmatite, they never focused on the lithium. So there's about two hundred fifty thousand tons of stockpiled material there overlaying the, the pegmatite with the hard rock resources in it. So we decided very early on to get in there and start reprocessing those stockpiles. Um, just last month in May, we received brand new mining equipment, excavators, dump trucks, loaders, brand new, literally. And we, we did that through our partnership with Q Global Commodities, who we, I've just mentioned earlier, um, brand new equipment up there. So we've... We had equipment there before, but this, this equipment's brand new. It's enabled us to increase production rates, much more efficient, less downtime, less maintenance work. So we're busy reprocessing those stockpiles. So those stockpiles are being, you know, we're loading up the trucks. It's then being processed, crushed, screened, and then you're sorting it. You're taking out the high-grade spodumene ore, which is anywhere, and it's very linked to the color of that spodumene. You know, it goes up to 8% Li2O. Yeah, and bear in mind most spodumene concentrates that you're getting out of out of Western Australia, you know, the, the world's largest spodumene lithium producing area of the world is about 5%. So you've actually got almost a DSO product here. So we've got that, that material is bagged, being stockpiled, further bagging, and we've got an obligation to deliver those first 1,000 tons under an offtake arrangement to a party in South Africa, Southern Jade. And we're expecting those deliveries to start next week. So actually going through there, and then we'll continue to, 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 to deliver that thousand tons to them. In parallel with that, what we announced in our quarterly was that we're actually gonna refocus on a higher value lithium product. So instead of doing a lithium, a, a spodumene product, a spodumene concentrate, we're actually gonna upgrade that to a lithium carbonate. 
And lithium carbonate prices are 35,000, 40,000 a ton at the moment, as opposed to your spodumene prices, which are three to 5,000 a ton. So quite a significant upgrade there. We're working with um, material, we've put material through a, a test facility in, in South Africa, and we're actually getting the lithium carbonate that we've produced independently tested. And that whole process independently verified. And obviously, if we do that, that's quite a game changer. There's not too many junior miners, if any, that are producing that carbonate product, which is closer to the end product for the manufacture of the batteries, which go into the electric vehicles and so on. So that for Blesberg has the potential to be a game changer. Even when we're producing that spodumene, which goes to feed that plant, we will still be selling spodumene. You know, because the initial plant we're looking at is producing 20 to 25 tons per month of that lithium carbonate, um, which, and then we're looking at increasing that to like a thousand tons um, per annum of lithium carbonate, which even on today's low prices is about a, a, a sorry, a revenue of about 40 million. So it, it's quite a significant revenue stream there for us for one of our four projects. So, you know, Blesberg going well we are moving those stockpiles as quickly as we can because we want to get in there and do the resource drilling of the underlying pegmatite with the view that we will be moving very quickly to one of those conventional open pit spodumene mining operations but we need to move the stockpiles off that pegmatite to basically allow us to do that uh, we're very we're very confident of, of the of the mineralization there. You can see it in the existing pit walls, but we're processing the material already. The spodumene that's going through our, our, our plant, which we're bagging and getting ready for, for sale, that is, you know, you can't get a better understanding of that from your typical exploration phases. You know, you imagine if you were here just doing the normal drill outs, you'd be getting a, a bit of, of core, diamond core, like that, that big. Here, you've got 250,000 tons of material, which has been mined over an extended period of time. So we can see what's there. So this whole initial stockpile processing phase um, is giving us a great understanding of the ore body, of the mineralization, and the quality of that ore. So it's it's a great thing for Blesberg in terms of how we're moving forward with it. Um, and do you want to speak about uh, Tantalum mine as well? Yeah, no, look, the tantalum is associated with the, with the lithium there. And we've seen certain areas of that stockpile where some of that tantalum mineralization is is, is very significant, you know, in, ter in terms of how many kilos per tonne are there. Um, we've put out some visuals there. You can see the, the, the veins there. There's a lot of it in the, in the fines of those stockpiles as well. So we're going through a DMS... Um, we're looking at the, a DMS plant to enable us to get that tantalum out as well, um, because that is a very valuable byproduct credit, which comes in and adds to the product, adds to the to the revenue stream. Um, we had our the representatives of QGC out on site just last week, and and their senior geos looking around, and as well as the lithium, as well as the tantalum. You know, within that pegmatite, you've got quartz, very high grade, some of the highest purity quartz in Southern Africa. Okay. You've got feldspars, very good quality feldspar. You've got beryl, you've got mica. We're looking at this and saying, damn, each one of these kind of waste products we've got 
you can make some good byproduct credits out of. So GWC, with their coal mining operations in South Africa, really are focused on maximizing the revenue streams from their waste products, from the fines, the coal fines, and so on. We're looking to kind of take that model on into Blairsburg. So there's going to be, as well as the tantalum credits, which will be, which appear to be quite significant, the other byproduct credits, they call it the industrial mineral side of there, is going to be quite valuable to us as well. So there's a there's a lot for us to consider to really maximize the value that's there at Blesberg. One of you can shed some light on the value addition plans to produce uh, lithium uh, carbonate. Yeah. Um, look, as I said, in our quarterly, we made it very clear that we, we don't want to be one of those typical miners that's just producing a, a, uh, a product where you're not really applying your mind to it. You know, it's, you know, I've come from Western Australia where, you know, we've got some of the biggest holes in the ground in the world. You know, we're expo- we're exporting iron ore. We're exporting spodumene out of, out of Western Australia, one of the world's leading producers of those kind of commodities out of Western Australia, but no value addition. You know, so you're actually buying back stainless steel out of China at, at, at a price which is up here, but you're selling them their key ingredient to, to, to manufacture it. So with, with Blesberg, we're, we're looking at that lithium carbonate plant. And as I said, we've already delivered product to a test facility in, in Joburg. We've produced the lithium carbonate. We're getting that tested in terms of making sure that it meets the specifications from a number of groups that have approached us in terms of taking that. Uh, we're looking at initial production of 20 to 25 tonne a month um, with that initial phase, a 250 tonne, uh, 200, 250 tonne per annum plant to produce lithium carbonate. But that, as I said, we're then looking to take that up to a thousand tonne per annum. So a fourfold increase. So looking at about a hundred tonnes per month of, of just that lithium carbonate. And that's on the small scale. That's just on the stockpiles. So we're not, even can we haven't even looked at the sort of throughput and size of that plant that we would need for the main hard rock operation. So this is purely looking at it from the from the stockpiling operation, uh, where I said that that in itself is a forty million dollar a year revenue generating um, project that we're going through the final independent verification both of the processing plant, the product already produced, and our ability to actually do that on a sustained basis. So. Very excited about that because it does differentiate, as I said, differentiates us from a lot of other miners, both junior and major miners of, of lithium around the world. I wonder if you can share uh, more information on the upcoming small-scale mining. Uh, Kinesur, uh, is, uh, is that how you pronounce it? Kinesi. Uh, that's it. <laughs> um, and where you are with that particular project. Um, is there also any specific milestones or timelines uh, that you that you can highlight and that you're focusing on? Of course. Um, I was at Canusi two weeks ago. Um, I was actually there with a Swiss-based um, off-take group. And we're dealing, we were dealing with four. We're now dealing, I think, with seven. Um, and I think the, the increased interest has come about because they're seeing Obviously, they're reading our announcements. They're seeing you know, a lot of imagery and videos on so on our social media platforms. Canusi um, is a great opportunity. It's it's a copper project up located up there in the Dodoma region of, of Tanzania, and we've got a seventy five percent commercial interest with local Tanzanian company Takela Mining. 
Um, you go up there, 10 mining licenses. We're really just been focused on one. On that one, you've got 30, over 30 small pits, exposures. Well, you haven't really, there's not small pits now because we've really opened one of those up along the strike length for about 500 meters now. So with Canusi, you've had small scale mining there, which is ongoing. Um, employment into the local community, which is fantastic. Uh, we've been up on site with a view of obviously significantly increasing your mining rates there, but also putting in place a processing plant that is going to be processing those copper ores and other ores from the region to produce a produce two concentrates, uh, a relatively high-grade concentrate plus 25, 30% copper, and then also a, a lower-grade concentrate, 10, 15%. And it's intended that that concentrate will then be transported through to Dar es Salaam and sold under contract to, to a number of offtake groups. We've had offtake groups that have been on site. As I said, I was there just two weeks ago with one of them. A lot of material has been delivered to SGS and one other, other facility in, in Dar es Salaam where it is being tested now. Grades, the, the full mineralogy, um, because there is... Uh, precious metals associated with that. So we want the full analysis of exactly what is in that mineralization uh, and some met work on that as well. So we're expecting those sample results over the course of June. We're expecting to finalize an initial offtake over the course of June. And we've had SMP, who are our processing plant partners, up on site. And they're in the process of finalizing the process plant design, which will be transported to site and construction commissioning of that plant will occur over the, the next quarter, the third quarter of 2023. Um, we've been speaking with the local community, the local village elders and so on. They've given us, not given us, we've, we've finalized agreement with them for a 30 acre area adjacent to power, adjacent to water, adjacent to the main road that goes and joins through to that transportation link through to Dar es Salaam. So, We'll be putting out more updates on that over the course of the next weeks as these things are finalized and, and so on. But Canusi, yeah, we will be mining, we will be processing copper ores in, in, in the next quarter, which is what we said we would in that third quarter, getting that um, the first batch of, of material ready for delivery into an, a, an interim offtake arrangement because we don't want to commit ourselves long-term there because we're still trying to find out the true scale of the, the opportunity there. We have Geofields, which is our local um, geological consultants. They're up on site at the moment, mapping something across all 10 of the licenses. Uh, uh, we'll then be moving into more resource drilling um, to prove up just how significant an all body this is. And, and then from there, well, we, we then take all that into consideration into a, a much more larger scale major mining operation. Good to hear. Um, I wonder if you can just give us an update on the uh, AIM listing um, and, again, expected timelines and key developments around the, the whole process. Yeah, look, Rob, to be honest, I was hoping we'd be listed on AIM already. Um, in my mind, I wanted us listed in, on, on the exchange by the end of May. Um, however, you know, with as part of that AIM listing, um, we, we've got a number of consultants engaged doing work, legal, technical, financial. 
um, all of which is ongoing. And sometimes um, I've used this phrase a lot. It's like herding cats, you know, making sure people are doing and able to get to site or do the work in the timeframes that, that they initially set. And we obviously, um, we don't make, an, we don't make, uh, we don't put forward estimations on, on when we're going to get things done just by, you know, a quick thumbs up or whatever. We do it based upon them telling us we're going to have consultants available to do this, this, this. And sometimes they don't deliver. And sometimes that's a pain in the ass. And sometimes you just got to bite your tongue. So, yep, I was hoping we'd be listed on AIM already. The reality is we've got consultants on the ground doing work for us now to enable us to list, I'd expect, within the next four to six weeks. Um, technical consultants today are actually on one of our graphite projects in Tanzania. They were on the other one yesterday. They did the copper a couple of weeks ago, and they did Blesberg beginning of May, late April. That competent persons report, technical assessment of all our projects, is one of the key documents that forms part of that listing thing, listing uh, submission. That'll be done in the next three to four weeks. Okay. Um, our accounts are being audited at the moment, and then the reporting accountant obviously has to complete their report. We expect that to be done in the next couple of weeks. Fantastic. Tick there. ENS Africa, which are legal consultants, um, they're busy doing their assessment of the legal standing of all our projects, all our subsidiaries across the various jurisdictions we operate in. Um, they've been very quiet, actually, which is, I presume, look, if lawyers are quiet, it means they're either busy or they're quite happy, um, and hopefully both. But um, all that work is is there, ongoing and being done. So it's not a case of if we list on AIM, it's when. And I'm hopeful, like I say, in the next four to six weeks, we'll be up trading on AIM because I think the the recognition of that exchange in the international markets is, is is probably much better than what we're on at the moment. So moving our primary listing there is something I'm very keen on. And like I say, if I can get it done by 30 June, that would be a dream. Yeah, by the, by the half year, you start the new year off, one or the new half year off, one July, perfect. Um, we're pushing. All of the guys in the team are, are pushing. That works underway. No fatal flaws, no major issues. It's just herding those cats together and getting those reports done and so on. To their credit, a lot of them have been really working damn hard. And I've, I've got to say the team at Ken, who are our advisors and to be the nomad on AIM, very good. Um, our other consultants in London, likewise, they've been fantastic in this whole process. Do you mind having that delay in the listing? And the reason why I ask is I've spoken to a couple of CEOs recently over the last probably few weeks who are looking to list on the ASX um, and they've delayed their listing because of market conditions. Now, do you mind having a delay in listing on the AIM because of market conditions or do you think it's the right time now to list? Look, it's, it's, for us, it's got nothing to do with market conditions. You know, we're not raising capital. You know, we're already up and trading, albeit on Aquas. So, you know, market conditions are not affecting us and certainly not our decision process in, in any way whatsoever. It's not as if we have to raise money. You know, we've already got our funding secured through Q Global Commodities and the various tranches of funding that they're putting into us. Uh, and their commitment is is there for all to see. You know, they've seriously put all their, they've put their efforts into you know, the equipment which we got up at, at Blesberg. 
seriously, the wait times on some of that gear in out of Africa is huge. Literally, from agreeing with them, getting it signed, the guys at Bell Equipment out of Joburg, damn, it's done. And it's on the road and it's it's there a day or two later. So, you know, for me, not market conditions. Would I love to have been on the exchange and trading now? Of course I would. Of course I would, because it's another tick in the box. Jason said, you know, company said we were going to be listing by this date. Tick box, well done. Um, you know, so it, it's it's frustrating just from an administrative point of view. I hate having loose ends, you know, as I think most people do. I hate seeing things 70, 80, 90% done. It's got to be done. Um, so now we've made that decision to be on AIM, and it's just frustrating that it's taken us weeks longer than we expected. That's that's annoying because that's taken my time and others within the organization away from other stuff. That's the key thing. Um, so frustrating in that way. Um, but I know sure as hell when we get on AIM, you know, it'll be fine. It's almost, I use the analogy, Rob, I don't know if you've got kids. You know, you take your kids on holiday, you put them in the back of the car and for the next three, four are hours, we all you've got is, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know, and you keep telling him, for God's sake, you know, get back to your games on your phone or whatever. But then when we get there, you know, they're all happy. They don't mention it again. You know, and, and we just carry on as if normal. So are we there yet? Not yet. Are we there yet? Not yet. But we will be. You know, we're on that path. We will get there. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's frustrating because you know what? I know that when we're on that aim market, the investor interest and sentiment towards us because we're now on the AIM market will be so much better. And it will also help with some of the dual listings that we have planned here in Africa because the AIM is, is a recognized, um, what is it, an international recognized exchange. So doing those dual listings, just like, bam, like that. And 90% of that listing document for the AIM market just gets Flicked. Sorry, I'm being very flippant, but we just use that then and there for the, for the dual listings, and it's 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 much easier to do. So, yeah, a little frustrating. You can probably see it on my face, in my voice, but you know, we'll get there. It's done. Certainly. Um, looking ahead for the rest of the year, uh, what do you expect from Malura Mining in terms of any sort of more more major projects, initiatives? Um, or any targets that you're particularly excited about? And obviously, AIM is one of them. Yeah, look, from a corporate perspective, AIM is a key one, okay? From a corporate perspective, uh, finalising the QGC transaction. You know, there's a number of regulatory approvals, primarily in, in South Africa, which just need to be ticked off. They'll happen. It's not an if, it's a when. But getting that done and also being able to have Quinton Vanderberg on the board as our chairman a huge catalyst for us there. You know, one of South Africa's most successful mining entrepreneurs. Um, to have him on the board, huge, huge. I mean, I'd, I'd challenge any other company of our kind of peer group to to have secured somebody of that ilk. It's, you know, that to me is one of the biggest accomplish, accomplishments we've done this year, okay? So that is a milestone, being able to turn around and, and have a board meeting uh, with Quinton there, fantastic. So that's that's a big one for me. And personally, you know, I'll take, yeah, I'll I'll go for a drink on that day just to to celebrate that moment. But from a project perspective, look, there's a number of operational mi milestones at Blesberg. You know, the lithium carbonate 
the resource drill out, the the moving into the hard rock operations and so on. That to me over the course of 2023 is going to be a big one there. Uh, Canusi, you know, getting that first sales delivered out of Canusi into an off-take market, proving again that we can do it. I think that's going to be a, a big one. Um, the graphite, you know, uh, at Nuri Nuri and Bagamoya, uh, I think will surprise a lot of people with how quickly we move ahead with Nuri Nuri. Um, there's assay results, there's flake size analysis, um, total graphite content analysis taking place now. I think those ones, I'm, I'm ex yeah, it's hard to get excited by graphite when you look at it. Um, but I am quite excited about what Nuri Nuri can do for the company. I really am. Um, particularly when I know one of our neighbours on a small-scale licence literally dug up the same material, no processing, put it in a sea container, a 20-tonne sea container, which he then sold for $36,000 out of Dar es Salaam. That's $1,800 a tonne sales price. And his cost base would have been, you know, sweet F.A., you know, and I know that for us, we've got that mineralization on our licenses. I've seen it. I've touched it. You know, investors have seen it on videos, on photos. When I think about what we can do with that, damn, that's exciting. So graphite later in the year is going to be that big surprise, I think, for, for investors. So for, for Marula over the course of 2023, damn, we, we've got kind of an internal strategy of having at least three of our operations, three of our projects in that operational phase. Um, and that's within 18 months of us basically taking this company by, you know, seizing it by, by seizing the bull by the horns. You know, and that's what we've done. So end of 2023, three operations, various scales, revenues from both, um, positive cash flow through the groups. You know, that to me is, is, is a great position to be in and something I'm striving for, driving for, and trying to get done. You've established some sub, uh, subsidiaries in Zimbabwe and Kenya. Um, what are the company's plans for these regions? Um, which, what, what minerals are there, resources, um, are you actively exploring and considering for development? Yeah, look, I mean, we've got Zim subsidiary up and going. We've got a team on the ground in Zim. Um, our head office is here in Kenya, in Nairobi. So we've got a subsidiary here. Um, we're also just restructuring our, our investments in Tanzania. And there'll be a, a Tanzanian subsidiary um, there very shortly. Um, in, in Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe is one of the world's large, largest countries in terms of resources of, of lithium. And investors have seen such a transformation there in that lithium sector over the past 12, 24 months. Look at what George Roach has done with Prem, you know, with their pilot plant operation up and going now. Um, a few small hiccups along the way, but he's he's achieved. You look at that, that there. Um, our team's been on the ground. We appointed a country manager just last week, beginning of this week. Sorry, um, he's on the ground. We've we've reviewed, God knows how many projects. Um, you know, we're looking at moving very quickly there in that lithium space. There's copper projects there in, in Zim as well, similar to what we've got up in Tanzania. So a lot of synergy. So in, in terms of Zim, tremendous opportunities. 
uh, a very close, call it affiliation through to South Africa. It ties in well with our South African team and management there, so we're not going to be overstretched. Um, so yeah, I think that Zim subsidiary and what we're going to be doing there with Mushai Mining, as it's called, uh, is going to be something quite, yeah, quite good this year. Um, yeah, particularly, I, I guess, once we've got that aim listing out of the way, there'll be a lot of news flow coming through from, from Zim. Operating mines, projects where we can actually get a processing plant in place very, very quickly and, and get a product out and use that, um, that value addition that we're looking at in, in South Africa in Zim as well. So that's going to be, again, that'll differentiate us from, from a lot of the Chinese groups that are there, for instance. So happy with that. Kenya. Kenya is a country that's got such great natural resources, great mining opportunities. Um, but really, the country is not really known for that. It's great beaches, it's wildlife, it's natural beauty. Um, but mining is, there's some tremendous assets and project opportunities here. So I see us pushing, particularly on the copper as well. We've seen, I've, I've seen um, copper projects very similar to what we've got in Tanzania. Um, similar grade material, good logistics. I mean, Kenya's got some amazing logistics here. So I love it. Um, the road infrastructure, the rail infrastructure, the port infrastructure at Mombasa. I'm in Mombasa on Saturday. That port is, is something else. The rail through to Mombasa is something else. So Kenya, I see us pushing ahead very much on, on that copper side. And I think we'll uh, surprise a few people very quickly as to what we can deliver there too. And lastly, obviously, you mentioned uh, Q Global uh, Commodities. So let's have a, a question around them. Obviously, you've partnered with them. So I just wonder if you can elaborate on the nature of the partnership and highlight any key sort of objectives and collaborative projects uh, that you've got planned together. Yeah, look, I mean, we've talked about Q Global in, in all of this. They're going to be coming on as our major shareholder. Uh, we've got a few regulatory things to get through, which I mentioned, but they'll be coming on as our major shareholder uh, with some significant funding. And that funding is important because like any junior or emerging company, you've always almost got to be looking over your shoulder as to, okay, where am I getting the next phase of funding to do this drill out, to do this, to do this? The way we've structured it with Q Global Commodities is there's a series of tranches of funding allocated towards specific things. Resource drilling at Blesberg, resource drilling at Canusi at the copper, at the graphite and so on. So this funding means we can go into these various um, activities without looking over our shoulder, without worrying, damn, if we don't get the results, we're going to have to raise equity at an even bigger discount. We don't have to do that now. And we're dealing with a very major player in Africa. Um, Q, Q Global, there's 12 coal mines they operate, 10, 15% of South Africa's coal production from pit to port. So their haulage, their logistics business is, is huge. Their tie up with international commodity groups is huge. Um, their equipment suppliers, for us, as I mentioned earlier, for us to have received that, that equipment for, Mar for Marula's activities there at Blesberg, almost instantly, you know, we jumped the queue. We didn't jump the queue because we're Marula. We didn't jump the queue because Jason Brewer was knocking at the door and saying, please, sir, we want some more. No, we got there because of the relationship that Quinton and Q Global have with their equipment suppliers. And we were able to secure that on preferential financial terms as well. So there's a massive benefit there. 
So with Q Global going forward, they're a major shareholder. They've got good board representation. To have Quinton on the board, you know, I think any other company would be would, would freaking love that. Um, we've got it. He ain't going on your board. He's on ours now. So, you know, it's great to have him there. Um, we've got a, a co-development agreement. So for any of these bigger projects that we're looking at now, we're not worried about the financial um, requirements to actually deliver on them because we know we've got that big balance sheet behind us. You know, it's almost like that young teenage kid. Yeah, if ever he wants anything, he just he goes and asks his mum and dad, you know, can I have this, can I have this? Yeah, pretty crap analogy. But, you know, we've got that big balance sheet now with us. And we've got, I mean, Q, Q Global are massive for us. And I really don't think the market yet recognising just how massive that's going to be. Um, but they're there. They're very supportive. Um, as an aside, I, we announced today another transaction for another company on AIM, Edenville Energy. Um, and myself and Quinton are, are behind that. It's 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 outside of the, the strategic focus of, of um, Marula. So, you know, that's how we were able to do it. But that just shows the strength of the relationship, not just from a business perspective, but from a personal relationship. So we're busy doing that there. Um, now, having Quinton and, and Q Global on board will have a massive opportunity for us, not just on our existing portfolio projects, but others, as we deliver on ones in, in Kenya, in Zimbabwe, and elsewhere in Southern Africa. You know, battery metals just isn't copper, um, graphite, and lithium. There's other ones there. And South Africa, Southern Africa, whether it's Namibia, whether it's South Africa, Zimbabwe, Zambia, you know, and up here in East Africa, there's a tremendous amount of other commodities which fall into our strategic focus that I really believe we will be uh, working very closely with Quinton and his team at QGC to deliver on with Marula. And lastly, concluding, um, just wonder if there's anything else that you would uh, like to add or uh, oh. tell our audience. Obviously, there's a lot that lot you've covered. There. Mate, I have talked for so long today um, because we've got, you know what? When you've got a great story, you can go on and talk. And I'm sorry if I've bored, bored people to death there. But you know what? Um, we're doing so much. It's great fun. I love this. I love what we're doing. I love the work. You know what? You, when, you, when you're working with good people, you actually love coming to work. You know, and we've got some great people in this organization. Uh, we've got some great partners in the like, likes of QGC, and I cannot thank them enough for, for what they do within this organization. So is there anything else for me to say? I really don't think there is. I think I've, you know, I've talked to death here. Um, Marula's not focused on being another junior mining company, another undercapitalized, under-resourced junior mining company. That's not our strategy at all. That's not why Quinton and QGC got involved. That's not what I got involved. So for me, you know, we're barely a year into this story. You know, we're barely into it. You know, we're the first couple of chapters of a book, of a volume, you know, volume one. There's going to be a few volumes here. I'll tell you that now. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to plan in 2023, but then beyond that. Um, I've invested a lot of my time, effort, and my own money into, into this company. And I'm committed to make this work. Quinton's delivered, committed to make this work. This is Quinton's first board position of a listed company. Okay, so he's put a lot of his reputation 
on the line to deliver here. So when people look at Marula and what we're doing, I think they've really got to take a deep breath and say, you know, yes, these guys have achieved a lot already. And that's that's reflected in, in our share price. I'm not you know, talking on my own book here. That's reflected in the share price and how we're developing projects. But we're just getting started. You know, we're just getting started. And, you know, if you want to, I'm a big sportsman. I love my sport and everything like that. You know, we've just kicked off. We've still got the, you know, we're still very early in the first half. You know, and this game is going to go on for a long time. There's going to be a lot of action, plenty of goals, you know, a lot of drama. Um, I think we'll, we'll we'll get VAR involved in just to add a bit more drama down the track. But no, we are going to take this company to some to some serious heights. We've got the right partners, we've got the right projects, and there's other projects we'll bring in to deliver on that. So, yeah, that's a bit of a hard sell there, Rob. But you know, we are pushing ahead with this company, and people should look at us, do their work, do their homework, see what we've done, and and see what we're going to do um, because. We're not going to be quiet. This isn't a lifestyle company. We're not directors sitting on our ass here doing Sweet FA. We're actually busting our ass off to make this work. And I hope that effort is reflected in, in the results that we're getting. So, Jason, so thank you. Yeah, no, and it's a great story. And you've come so far from when we did that first podcast to now mm-hmm. and everything that you've spoken about. And like you said, it's the first, first chapter or first volume. And there's obviously so much more ahead. Um, it'd be great to come onto the podcast the beginning part of next year and see what you've achieved in those next the, the next six months. So uh, uh, no, great having you on. If our audience wants to, obviously, if they're not already following you, I, I, I imagine they would want to follow you now. Um, what social media platforms are you on? I know I, I do see regular commentary on LinkedIn, but what other platform, social media platforms are you on so people can follow you? Look, what platforms aren't we on? Um, look, Twitter is, social media platforms are a great way of getting your message out there. Um, always go to the RNSs though, which the company puts out, okay? Always look to them. But look, we're on we're on all the key ones from my perspective. I'm very active on Twitter, you've seen that. Check our LinkedIn, check our Instagram, check all of the platforms we're doing, please. But yeah, follow us on Twitter, uh, both the Marula Mining one, me personally, I'd love that. But um, first and foremost, always check the RNSs. That's where you'll see, you know, the, re- the official releases for the company. But I tell you what, if you want to see a bit more behind the scenes, the videos, the photographs, some of the other interviews that we do, such as this, follow us on those social media platforms. Follow you on, on YouTube, on, on Facebook, on, on wherever, um, because we're very active. We want our message to get out there. We're very engaging, I think. You know, we, we lo- I, you've seen me now, Rob, talking for God knows how long. We love to talk. I think we've got something good to talk about. Um, but yeah, follow us on all those platforms. You can get that through our webpage, through our RNSs. Please do. Yeah. And we'll include those in the show notes accompanying this anyway for easy Fantastic. access. So, uh, Jason, wish you all the well for the remainder of the year. Um, it's exciting story you've got so much going on and like you said we're just at the start there's going to be a lot more when we chat again beginning part of next year so all the best for the for the remainder of the year thanks Rob really appreciate it no worries um and those that are listening hope you enjoyed that episode there was a lot to unpack there um and as you can see and look if you go back to 
the episode that we did back in November 2022 and then listen to this episode, see how far Jason and the company have gone. They've, they've obviously, and as Jason's explained, so much has happened with this company. So um, please check them out on obviously all the various social media platforms. So um, appreciate you for listening. Please share this episode amongst others within the mining industry, but also people outside of the mining industry because we want to improve the branding of mining. And we're only going to do that by showing this kind of content to people outside of the mining industry um, so they can get to understand this is obviously essential. Mining is essential to us living and, and for mankind moving forward. So um, to improve that, to improve the brand and image of mining, these episodes need to be shared to non-mining people as well as mining people in the industry. So appreciate your continued support. Please keep sharing these episodes. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.